Hey tribe, welcome to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. Now, here at Word Up, we host a number of different podcast series, including Words Are Matter, Planetary Service Announcements, Witchy Life Hacks, The Conscious Awesome Show with my amazing co-host, Justin Polgar. It's where we play Spot the Propaganda together, and it's where we have high-vibe, deep-diving conversations with amazing humans. So be sure to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for this week's episode. Today's Conscious Awesome show is called Guides Are Key, and in it, we get a little witchy, we get a little out there, we discuss our invisible helpers. Trust me, you're going to dig it. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Locals, consciousawesome.locals.com. It's where the tribe drops in and all the special stuff happens. As well, I encourage you to stock up on your favorite high-vibe chocolate at yescacao.com and to follow Danny at dannycats.locals.com where she gets to speak freely without the thought police breathing down her neck. Enjoy today's show. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, creatures, beautiful, beautiful creatures, welcome to the Conscious Awesome Podcast. Welcome to the Conscious Awesome Podcast. We are your hosts. This is Justin Polgar, and I'm here with Danny Katz. What up? And when I say I'm here with Danny Katz, I really I mean it. You're here, I'm here. We're here. We're super here. Yeah, it's a practice to be here. A lot of things pulling, a lot of very interesting things pulling our attention. And then we get to respond and be responsible and pull it in and be here, be present. And really, I'm, I'm counting on you, the listener, to let us know if our, if our wanderings outside of the here and now, um, call us in on it. Call, Call us in on out. all of it. I love being called in. We're yes. in a dialogue. And thank you, audience, for choosing to be here with us. Yes. Thank you. So much gratitude. One of the keys. Really super key. One of the keys. Actually, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Our keys. Uh, you know, what we like to do on this podcast is discuss consciousness tips, drop some different lenses in, uh, really keep the vibe high and and just have fun tools for, for raising consciousness and raising levity and having a kick-ass time <laughs> along the way. Word. So, so today, today the topic is, and if you if you clicked on this episode, which I'm guessing that's how we're here, uh, the key, the key, the hunt, the key, the keys. If we clicked on this episode, you know that it's called Guides are the Keys. Guides are the key. Guides are the keys. Both Danny and I have had extensive 
conversations and extensive time spent connecting with our guides. And I thought it'd be fun to go into uh, what does that mean? Because it has a little bit of a meta concept, a little bit of a um, astral, uh, astral, astral has it has kind of a far out feeling to it in hearing the words connect with your guides like it's some kind of outside ethereal that's what i was looking for it has a little bit of an ethereal vibe to it and i i find that since choosing to connect with or reconnect with my guides the quality of my life has become much more fun much more engaged and it's also like having uh having a coach in your corner um, we're having a, a tribe of coaches, a clan of coaches that are there at your disposal, ready to assist you, whether making important or non-important <laughs> decisions, um, and kind of how to how to set yourself up for success. Yeah, I've had the same experience as far um, as connecting with my guides, being a complete game changer. And before we go too deep in, I would love to clarify, because as you were saying, it is kind of a far out concept. It is kind of an ethereal concept. And I notice sometimes when I'm in conversation and I'll hear myself reference my guides and then I'll check in and I'm like, okay, I'm the person I'm talking to might be a little bit more 3D oriented and I and I can feel how they're receiving me at the mention of my guides. So sometimes I'll I'll switch from guides to intuition. So first and foremost, I'm curious to know how you are defining guides in terms of this ethereal something that you're connecting with that is up leveling your life. So let's let's choose to have a, a shared mm -hmm. definition. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna draw a boundary. I'm drawing a circle in my mind. And in this circle of definition we're gonna we're gonna define what guides are. Uh, and so I'll start for myself, uh, guides are archetypical, angelic creatures, elementals, uh, m mostly beings or entities that are, are generally not visible in my, in mm -hmm. my proximity, um, and not in the 3D at least. And uh, for myself, I like to connect with guides in a relationship kind of a way where I'm building a relationship. Um, I have... Uh, you know, also just creating a relationship with God or with source or whatever, whatever. Uh, I'll just say God for now because it's a nice <laughs> triggering word. And uh, for, <laughs> for myself, um, I find that the more casual and sincere my conversation can be with God and with my guides, the more open my ears are, the more allowing I, I am. Um, in hearing response and mm -hmm. getting response. Sometimes it's verbal. Sometimes it's averting my attention to something. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the response is a feeling or sensation. And uh, by guides, generally, if I'm calling guides, let me use an example. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Uh, when I'm putting my son to bed um, and I'm doing some nice prayers and blessings as he's in this liminal state of almost sleeping. And I'll, I'll call in, uh, you know, I'll, I'll thank, um, I'll say God Almighty, source of all creation, because I really like the mm -hmm. way that that flows. Um, you know, protect and uplift 
this little boy and help him connect with his guides, help them help him connect with guides that are going to help him on his path. Um, help him connect with Archangel Michael and Archangel Uriel, help him connect with Archangel Gabriel and Raphael, Archangel Metatron, help him connect with King Solomon, who I like mm. to connect with, help him connect with the beings that have walked on this earth and the beings that have protected this earth and this planet, solar system, galaxy and beyond that will help steward mm. his path and help him walk in his purpose and in integrity. And, uh, you know, some version of that prayer as he's falling asleep. And then I, I ask for a little bow on top to like help mm. him sleep through the night, feeling super safe and let him know that he's feeling super safe. And, uh, that, that's kind of in, in the guide space. That's, that's usually who I, I like to call on are the archangels. Sometimes I like to go into the elementals. Like I'll ask for guidance from fire when I need to really warm something up or mm -hmm. be really direct. Um, air is easy for me. Earth when I need to be grounded. Uh, water when I just really need to surrender mm -hmm. into a flow. Usually with water, I have this visual of a, of a goddess with these like curly ringlets of hair that are coming down, turning into a waterfall and then running over mm -hmm. my whole body, which is just such a delicious sensation that arises when my mind yep. focuses on that. So um, those are examples of I guides. I, uh, I would like I also, to weigh in. Um, I also consider extraterrestrials. Oh, I'm guides. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please continue. I, I just... Also, I consider uh, certain extraterrestrial and extra-dimensional beings guides when we create relationships with them. Uh, it's interesting because when you mentioned Solomon, and we, you and I have a deep Solomon connection, um, I got such a rush of full-body chills. And um, I recently mm. at a... I found a painting at a thrift store of um, there's this artist Garcia who was famous in Santa Fe years ago and his pieces are hard to come by. And I found this painting at Goodwill for like $5 and it's of an angel playing the cello and I have it on my altar and a couple times, like when I get a new thing and I'm like, tell me your name. And he's like, Solomon, but I'll check. Cause I'm like, mm, I have a Solomon thing. I, I, you know, is that, is that, is, are you telling me that? Or is that something coming from me? And multiple times he's told me his name is Solomon. And it's interesting because in the morning when I do my prayers and my meditations and my Kriyas, I finish with an honoring of Solomon. And this morning when I honored him, um, I just started invoking all of the guides and all of the beneficence and all of the ancestors. So it's interesting when you mentioned that, it just tapped me in to um, my morning connection with the guides in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I feel like... I love hearing that. And I'm glad that you mentioned ancestors yeah, as well. Yeah, ancestors are key. And I just learned... Um, that it's important when invoking ancestors to, to call in the ancestors who love us the most uh, because we might not necessarily, you know, right? Because I nice. mean, especially for you and I as, as, as like Jews who've incarnated so, so many, there are so many ancestors, you know? So it's a great way to clarify 
Um, and just in terms of, of, and I appreciate our, um, how deep we're going as far as clarifying and defining our terms. And as you were talking, I was realizing the difference between intuition and guides. I feel like my intuition is internally sourced. It's always with me. It's always kind of moving me around. And I feel like the guides kind of enter, you know, like when they have something to say, it is a little bit of a feeling of, of something else coming in, of a, of something else that I'm in relationship versus something versus an aspect of me. That that's the difference. I feel like my intuition is an aspect of me, and my guides are um, other beings that I'm in relationship with. I I, I think that's an important decision or dis, discernment to make between intuition and guides, uh, even though they can work together, and oftentimes they do, there is a different energetic of the yes. internal and external. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm nodding in, in your general direction. Uh, I, I remember at my first Burning Man, there, there was this guy free-flowing. I want to say it was Tom Seppi. Okay. I think it was Tom Seppi, and he, um, he had recorded or or a friend of mine had recorded him and he was talking about intuition and just having mm. a pure channel about intuition it's being intuition what do you pay what do you pay tuition to but the garden of your mind mm. and it was just this beautiful um, internal landscape that he painted that that still I still register when I tap mm -hmm. into my intuition yeah, I got to uh, chill when you said it. You know, at least the mind part of the intuition. Yeah, there's there's so many tools. And, and a lot of what, you know, what I, I'm really loving that we're covering in this podcast, not just this episode, but in, in the whole the whole podcast uh, show, um, is the abundance of tools that we have to call on. And I, I personally, I don't know why I wouldn't use the full of the tools that are available to me while I'm incarnated as a human being. Absolutely. It's like how to maximize the potential of our earth game. You know, it's like, okay, we're here in this dimensional construct, in these meat suits with this cosmology and this ancestry and this karma. So it's like, okay, here are all the things you can play with. And there's so many, you know, when we, when we do start talking about guides and chakras and systems like the gene keys or, or whatnot, things that aren't necessarily you're going to learn in the U.S. public school system or you're going to find on Wikipedia or whatnot. It, there's just this like vast realm of all these other tools that you and I have been playing with and, and continue to amass. It's so fun to ha now have this outlet to share. Um, yeah, I mean, playing with the guides has been... Certainly a game changer. And I, and I feel like sometimes when it comes with like, okay, well, how do we engage with non-ordinary reality? Or how do we engage with non-material invisible reality? And, and I get that because it's like, you know, we haven't established witch or shaman school yet. And um, <laughs> I had an experience earlier this year, just as far as the guide conversation, where I was in... Um, I was in a triggered emotional state 
and I was using all my tools and speaking to my inner child and it wasn't shifting the state, which was surprising, you know, cause generally those tools work. And so I thought, okay, I'll take a shower because water, you know, similar to you was also one of my guys. I don't have the same visual and it is definitely, um, a soothing element for me. And while I was in the shower, as, as soon as I turned it off, I heard this deafening crash and this lion that um, represents my father and I got with a, you know, a dear friend who is one of my guides, you know, he, he passed. Um, that lion jumped off the wall, fell on the floor, flew across the hall and into the bathroom so that when I stepped out of the shower, it landed on my foot. So it was one of those moments where it was like, okay, that was crazy. I have no idea what that means. And yet clearly something is trying to talk to me. There is a communication that I'm being invited to step into here. But obviously I didn't know what it was, you know? Um, and so I took that sign and I think so much of engaging with the guides, if we're not hearing it in like a clairaudient way or seeing a visual or whatnot, like when that happened, I was like, okay, I hear you. And I went and I laid down on my yoga mat and I was like, okay, whoever wants to come through, you have my attention. Like I am listening. I'm availing myself to whatever communication you'd like to give. And then it came in loud and clear. So I, I, I think the point of me saying this <laughs> is that there's a give and take, you know, and there's like a willingness to, to like follow the breadcrumbs and receive the, the cues and then let them know that we're willing to play. Is there something that, uh, have you had to get over that, uh, like over any hurdles to get to a place of willingness to just s slow down and be cool in the mystery and be curious oh, and open? absolutely. I think, I mean, on many levels, for, for one, there's, there's simply the speed and the, the pace at which I have historically moved through life with all the fire that animates me. Um, and engaging the guides really requires listening and being still and also <clears throat> not um, let, relinquishing doubt. Like, okay, what if I really am hearing this voice? What if there really is something here for me? And then I think something that, you know, for, for many years, uh, and, and, you know, one time that's popping into my mind is when I was in a medicine ceremony with you and I'm having these conversations with spirit. And there's another aspect of me of like, do you realize what you're doing? Like you're a Jewish American princess from the valley and you're having conversations with invisible plants and like negotiating, you know, so there, I, there, there was for a long period of time, an element of like left brain rationalism that was something to get over there's a taboo there's a taboo to to communicating and being in relationship with things that are not here even you know i, I think less uh less taboo about connecting with ancestors less taboo about you know just feeling into grandparents or 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 even uh friends that we've that have left their, their human experiences. And there's less taboo in that because we have a registration of mm -hmm. who they are to us. 
whereas some guides, we have the archetypical information, we have maybe something we've read in books, we have uh, other people's experiences to kind of um, start to form the, the terrain of what that guide seems like energetically. And sometimes that's a nice stepping stone. Um, I know that if I, if a, if a, if I'm feeling called towards a specific energy or entity or guide, um, or historical figure, um, I'll, I'll research that, that, uh, mm-hmm. figure. I'll, I'll look into, um, what their life looked like or what are they known for? How are other people connecting? Who, who are the people that are connecting mm-hmm. with this energy? Is that yeah. good company for me? I like that discernment um, in it because you're, you're following the breadcrumbs and you're not necessarily swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. The, the discernment is really key because also part of the taboo and a lot of when we hear about people talking, uh, you know, hearing voices, it's framed in schizophrenia. It's, it's framed in pathology and oftentimes the, you know, shared in, in a dark kind of a way where uh, someone's being taken over or something like, you know, of that capacity. And I think that we really do need to set our, uh, a certain level of protections, be that discernment or be that being grounded. Um, and also just, I'm available to, you know, I'm available to hear whatever the guidance is, not necessarily, uh, please come into my body and animate me. That That's not really what I'm asking for. I'm having a, I'm, I'm having actually pretty rational, at least in my mind. Um, and in, in my experience, I'm having pretty rational and normal conversations with these beings, whether I'm asking them for clarity or just, Mm -hmm. just listening. Um, but there, there is a boundary that is important to set. And I think skill, skill comes with, with experience and, um, as does, does wisdom of how to navigate Mm -hmm. that space. Um, I want to hop in and I also want to say there's kind of like a clicking sound, and I'll do a boop hmm. so we can edit that out. Um, and I'm also making a note. I don't know if you're like typing or there's like a little sound. Um, and yes to the discernment. It's interesting because there are so many layers to it because there's, it is super taboo, right? And I'm, and I think that was a big piece. Like when I was reflecting on myself in that ceremony of like, oh, am I that girl? Like, am I going to be one of those people? that other people make fun of because now I'm someone who's talking to guides and I'm making quote marks with my fingers. Um, so I think there, that piece I think is a big hindrance that keeps a lot of people from hearing their guides and the guidance that is right there because of that taboo and that fear of how we will be perceived. And then I think once we avail ourselves to this more expansive level of multidimensional reality and relating and engaging, then it's a completely different learning curve in terms of discernment, because not every voice we hear necessarily has our best interests in mind, is operating in service to our own dharma or karma. You know, a, a lot of different beings have their own agendas. And then that's just a whole different realm of learning how to discern what questions to ask, where is where is this guidance located in the body? You know, all, all those other pieces. Yeah, there, there's a fun creativity so fun. in it. 
uh, especially in the quality of the questions that you're asking. And I, I'm curious for you, for you, do you have, uh, do you have guards at the gate or a wall, or do you have anything that you speak to, uh, to check in with the energy and the quality of the energy? Like, for example, um, is this, and like, sometimes I'll ask, um, are you a benevolent, mm -hmm. are you benevolent as in all, all good, you know, is this for a force of all good? Is this the light yeah. speaking? Um, or I will, I will just say there's no, the only energy allowed in this room right mm -hmm. now is benevolence. And then if that energy continues to persist, then I have an inner trusting. A lot of it is a trust game. There's a building Absolutely. of that trust muscle. For, yeah. I go through different phases. Um, cause I, I, I think I'm fairly malleable and diverse. So like when I was working with Shaman Durek and writing his book, like his sort of language and viewpoint would come in. And then I would start to ask, like, are you from the darkness? You know, that was the first time that that sort of lens informed. For me, I'm very, um, um, I feel a lot. So I can ask where they're coming from and I'll feel different parts of my body. Um, and then if I, I also have like different clearings that I do in my mind. So if those clearings aren't effective, then, you know, then I'll realize, okay, this is not coming from the light. And then I have other practices that I'll do to remove that guide from my system. That being said, for quite a while now, I've had uh, one of my morning practices where um, there's like a certain sort of protective aura and cloaking that I'm doing. And that has really shut down on the amount of foreign energy that gets my attention that isn't necessarily aligned with the light. I've, I've definitely amped up my clearing practices since engaging my guides on the regular. What about you? How do you, I mean, are you using things other than, than simple like interrogation techniques? Um, it, I, I also just depends on the context. I think in general, I put out a vibe to the guide field that I'm only interested in connecting right. with benevolent guides and I'm making it clear why I'm here and what my pure pose is, <laughs> um, and my purpose is. Will you break um, down pure pose? And so, yeah, I, I, I like taking the word purpose, which has a an, kind of an etheric quality, or it's, it's not a very clear, it's because it's such a commonly mm -hmm. used word, the meaning of it gets a little mm -hmm. washed. It's, it's not, um, you know, to do something on purpose means you did it with intention. But to be, uh, you know, find, like, find your purpose has this very spacious, like, what? Did, like, how, how am I going to speak yeah, this so, in it's words? It's so nebulous. What does that even it's mean? It's very, very nebulous. Nebulous, mm -hmm. aqueous. It has a very, um, it, it just had too much of an airy quality, <laughs> even for myself, to really ground in. And and so I was sitting with the word purpose and, and really checking into what is my purpose, and how is my purpose, and when is my purpose, and just going through the, the W's. And um, it it arrived in my awareness that purpose mm -hmm. is pure pose. It's the same root. It's a, you know, you add an E 
in between the the R and the and the P, and it becomes your pure pose, that being who you are naturally. Mm-hmm. And that truly, for me, resonated like, oh, my purpose is to continue to strip away the layers of not. Yeah, the me. invocation of pure by adding that E just really, um, yeah, it, it helps me understand that word in a different way and it gives it um, like a gravitas, you know? I like that. I agree. I have the same same feeling. And, and in that way, because I'm projecting that discernment space, and only and consistently inviting conversation with guides that are mm-hmm. that are helping, that are being of service, uh, and not through some uh, backdoor way. And like you have to do this in order to earn my trust, so I can tell you the truth. Because some guides are like that, where it's this game that wants to get played, and I, I'll, I'll just straight up like I'm not right. I'm not playing. Yeah, I like I'm that. Not playing. Um, and I also have uh, certain tools for clearing that I'll do if there is some mm-hmm. ambiguity. Um, yeah, like cord cutting I is love a really cord helpful cutting. one. As, and a lot of people think that cord cutting is something that we do because we don't like someone and we don't want to see them again. And I'm a fan of cord cutting with my closest relationships, like so that we're all autonomous. Yeah, there, there is a – because nothing is static. Right. So we have these dynamics where whenever we think about someone or feel about someone, a cord is cast. Anytime we make an agreement, a cord is cast. And because of that, it can be like the cords behind your computer or, you know, your television or or sound system, where it's just a big mess of cords and agreements. And those are energy leaks. Um, By continually keeping a clear space and acting in autonomy, we're able to meet the moment and meet our relatedness very purely and very much in honesty. Um, so I, I am also just, I'm a big fan of, of doing cord cutting because it's not like a, it's not an absolute cutting. It's not like, and now I do not acknowledge this human anymore or this energy. It's more. Um, it's a reset, a reset and it's a querying of the, of the quantum entanglements. Like of, I, I see that it is like not. So it's like, if I'm cutting cords with you, which I have done and will continue to do, it's not because I don't love you. It's because I'm your energy is getting stuck in mine and they're just merged in a way that isn't serving me. So do a cord cutting, clear it up. We're both autonomous and it's super clean. I lo- I'm such a fan of cord cutting. Excellent curriculum for the school of witchery and shamanism. Indeed. For anyone who's listening and wants some cord cutting tools, I do have a how to cut cords video on my YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the show notes. Awesome. Have you had the experience? Uh, um, This is one thing that I've gotten from connecting with my guides that I love so much is Um, it's really expanded my understanding of my interconnectedness and how life and my meanderings aren't all about me. So I've had the experience a bunch of times of like following my guidance to be of service to someone else, or something comes through me that is for someone else, or I'm put in front of someone and there's some energy coming through them or words coming through them that I know that that is my guides who are using that vessel to give me this message. 
that that being of service really transcends the individualism. Yeah. There's a because in a you know there is no other in some dimensions, probably in most dimensions, there is no other. The other is an illusion. Um, there's still boundary, but there's you know in the same way there's boundary between your organs. You know it's not like you have one, you know, one organ that digests. There are boundaries with different jobs, but it's all part of the same organism. At least that's mm-hmm. how I. They're all interconnected, that. and they're and they're all working in service and to the same one body. Exactly, exactly. And so you being you following your guidance to open something up uh, for someone or to to quote unquote do a fe- <laughs> my, my air quotes do a favor for someone um, is ultimately doing a favor for yourself. And you know what I get to do now is call in Natan again, father-in-law, my mystic father-in-law, because he's just such, Love full you, of such Natan. wisdom and is also now mm. a guide. Um, Cause he, he left his body, you know, just about eight, eight and a half months ago. And uh, is just starting to become more, more present in my guide. Even when he was here on the planet in his body, mm-hmm. he was a guide. Uh, a different quality of guide, but still, um, he wrote this beautiful, probably the poem that he's most well known for, um, which is from you, I receive to you, I give together. We share from Mm. this, we live. He wrote a beautiful song, um, about that. And it came to him and it, it really guided his service as a rabbi, as a mystic, Mm. as a healer, as an artist, uh, really just keeping him keeping him checked into that serving others you you mm-hmm. will be provided for in serving others you are actually serving the the larger mm-hmm. nature of self yeah i have um i love that and this memory just dropped in um as a means of grounding this in where um Years, 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 years ago, I had scheduled a healing session with, I don't remember her name, but she was um, an indigenous medicine woman who was doing sessions out of Golden Bridge Yoga. And I had arrived a little bit early and I was on the fence. I was getting this weird feeling. I was like, I should leave. This is out of my budget. I don't want to do this. I'm not, I'm, I'm feeling like I just want to go. And she showed up. I think her name was Eagle Woman, and she was wearing a bright magenta skirt. And at that time, magenta was a magic color for me. And I knew that anytime I saw that color, that it was cluing me into an alignment. And she showed up wearing the skirt, and I knew that I was meant to stay and work with her. And I told her, I said, I was, I was going to leave, but that skirt. And she said, it's so interesting because I had a different skirt on. And the reason that she was late was because her guides told her to go back and change into that skirt. <laughs> I love the, the, the intelligence behind the web of connection is so, so epic. So grand it's so and scale. much more fun uh, and interesting than when we do it with like our monkey minds and like our little bits of like logic, right? It's just yes. so much more Agreed. grand and and awe inspiring and fascinating. 
Yeah, there, there's a lot of fun to be had here, ladies and gentlemen, children, people, humans, creatures. There's so much fun to be had in instigating the connection with with spirit, with guides, uh, with colors. You know, just w- with with whatever tools you feel really resonant with, and even in that, exercising your muscle of knowing what you mm. resonate with, feeling your frequency, and seeing if it matches another frequency and it's it, you have practice in it you've been doing this your whole life when you meet someone that you have resonance with you know it in a, in a very deep way more than knowing it it's a grokking because it's it's absolutely. multi-sensory absolutely not just mine i think one mine. of the one of the great ways so, to support people in developing these tools and developing relationships with their guides and with non-ordinary reality is um like a very simple one is that They'll speak to us in threes, right? Three is the magic number. We know that across, you know, so many different religions and spiritual practices and uh, schoolhouse rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's a great way to play with it is like when something throws shows up three times, if you hear a mention of, you know, a city three times or this, like, it's like, okay, dig deeper, like get curious start to sniff around these are clues yeah there's there's a big mm-hmm. treasure hunt going on and the, and the prize is yes! your life fully lived so good amen <laughs> amen yeah I, I i really feel um you know i feel connected to different elements of different uh religions and and belief systems. I mean, I, I grew up Jewish, but I also grew up, you know, I think kind of being Jewish, there's also this seeker mentality. Um, it's, it's funny. My, um, uh, my, my wife, Zoe pointed that. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. this is, we're still new at this. I don't know if I say my wife, Zoe, yeah. or I just say Zoe, because you know who Zoe is. I'm probably going to mention her again. Well, now the audience is um, caught up to speak. And now, you know, okay. So my wife's name is Zoe. Three letters, mm-hmm. magical in that way. And um, she she pointed out to me that anytime you go to a ceremony um, or like a medicine ceremony or some type of uh, uh, tra- some kind of a trip to seek some spiritual meaning, something, a lot of times the majority of the people in the group are Jewish. Mm. And I don't know if that's a product of growing up in the Bay Area. Um. But there, it's funny. Once I saw I saw that lens, it it kind of clicked in. Whether people connect to their Judaism or not, it's kind of well, an I interesting. Well, I think it's because we're questioning uh, people, and because the traditions are so open ended that way, so it, it definitely lends itself to seeking and inquiry, right? Yeah. There, yes, I think that there's sometimes religion is presented that there are hard, there are like hard facts or there are, are guideposts that are absolute or immovable. But and I'm going to say, but <laughs> intentionally there, there is always room for inquiry. I think some of the reason why some, some of the religions that have persisted for long, for thousands of years, it's because there is that openness to evolve. Like I think right now, um, yeah, and this, I don't think this is too far off topic. I think right now a lot of people are having uh, pushback from religion 
because of the structures that it has been mm -hmm. presented through. And so religion has to evolve if it wants to keep its space right. in culture. And uh, there's, there are, there are so many ways to use the framework, uh, the, the kind of malleable framework of religion and the general, the kind of distillations of the lessons that are being passed on uh, to, to help with uh, grounding or guidance or whatnot. It's funny, actually, let's, I want to jump in, I want to jump in real quick to um, how guides show up more in, uh, in traditional, like in uh, Christianity or in Judaism or Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, uh, Taoist thought, you know, in, in the more recognized paths of consciousness and of enlightenment um, and inquiry to spirit, how do guides show up in those tra more traditional sets? Well, this is an area where, like, I'm I'm certainly more interested in your perspective. Mine's mine's a little cynical in that my sense is that religions were set up to create gatekeepers to dissuade people from connecting directly to the divine themselves and directly to the guides themselves. So that's my lens. I'm super interested to know yours. Yeah, it. it I think that that is. Um, that that lens in particular is it's it's also shared I think with, with a lot of people. There that is a three D representation. So there's a there is a um, projection from the from the um, organizing bodies of religion um, from like the board of directors, you know, as opposed to the uh, the spiritual leader themselves who if they're doing the good job are being a um, a model of a conduit not you have to go through me but I'm modeling what it looks like to be in connection like there's so many ways to interpret that I mean there's there's so many ways so I, I think taking a 5d lens to the religious constructs and traditions that um, that I think people are, are more familiar with uh, in, in air quotes history um, there are all these loopholes and there's all of these spaces for inquiry. I mean, I know in Judaism, for example, everything is, is, a, mm -hmm. is in an inquiry. You know, anything that is set in stone uh, for someone, it, that's set in stone because someone had a discussion a long ass time ago and decided that that was what was appropriate. That was the proper interpretation. But interpretations are, are, are evolving. Right. Everything is evolving frequency evolves. And so what, what may have been true uh, at that time for that person based on the lens that they held, based on all of their inquiries and their guides and teachers and uh, all their experiences, that may not resonate from you. And if it's a matter of, um, you know, it's like throw, throwing out all the, throwing it all out, or what can I pull and comb through? What kind of lessons can I pull through? So I, you know, just to bring it back to, to the question, you know, I think that the saints are are um, right, guides the for people. I mean, maybe without an archangel, exactly. I would imagine the, um, the Hindu gods and goddesses for sure. Totally. So th these are like they're kind of like the celebrity guides. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, they're they're like archetypes that have been given human form and then made like sexier and given cool outfits and accessories. So yes, I do see it. <laughs> you see it as like cosmic celebrities. It's kind of it's kind of funny in that way. I mean, I think having a, a grain of or boulder of salt <laughs> or a, a token of levity um, with these things is yeah. important. Um, and I also, you know, I I, I want to just uh, polarize that with a lot of guides are 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 not these epic uh, archetypes. They're they're much they're just differently approached. I will say. Oh, I'm you sorry. Know, like, go ahead. Uh, I was. I'm going to share an example of a of a guide that I like to work with, and it's. It's funny. I, I don't know how this is going to work on a podcast, but I've been instructed in our conversations, this guide and I, that when I speak his name, it's to oh, be whispered only. Oh, I know who you're talking only. about. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so I'm. I, I think whispering translates on podcasts. Uh, so I, I was in a bathtub because water also mm-hmm. is a great conduit for me, and um, you know, water with some Epsom salt. I'd probably put some herbs or flowers in the bath too to like just really, really have a good let go. And it's such an altered state, the bathtub, especially when mm. I start toning yeah. and singing and then just letting the like Icaros come through and the songs just come through sometimes in English, sometimes in celestial languages. It's so great to give yourself permission yes. to do that because the magic that comes through. And I had kind of gone through in this particular bathtub experience and excavated residue and excavated uh, different places in my body where I had held things that no longer served me, where I had had kind of remainders of things that had little tails or or whatnot um, that I was just ready to let go of. And as I gathered all of these in kind of a spiritual sack, (laughs) I didn't know what, uh, you know, where do I give this? What, what can I, do I transmute it myself? Do I give it to the element of the water? I'm sitting in the water. Is that going to just go right. right back into my pores? You know, I have this funny kind of inquiry. And um, through the song, this being appeared uh, that, that was like an extra dimensional being whose name is. <laughs> and I, I can't help but giggle. Uh, and, you know, he just explained to me in, in like a moment of, it's almost like he transmitted a, a, an instruction, like a manual to how to interact with him. And he essentially said, this, this residue, the stuff that you've collected is fuel for my, my being and for my people, you know, or my, my, not my people, but my, my race, basically. So when you, if you can give that up to me, we can use that as fuel to move back, move about in our, mm. in our service to the galaxy and universe and beyond. Um, and I know now as a guide <laughs> allows me when I say that I, I will physically and physiologically feel a, like almost like a vacuum above me pulling things up. Sometimes it really helps my posture also, which is very cool. It's nice to have these little reminders. Um, and that, you know, I, I don't know anyone else that has, that has met this character in the universe. It's not a celebrity, but I, I feel like I have a relationship with this 
extra dimensional being who is a guide for me and who helps me make space and uh, expand the void into which mm. creation can happen. There was so much in that. Thank you for sharing the story of We Joy, um, which always makes me smile. A few things that stood out. One is, um, I think that celebrity that is tacked on to these established deities, angels or whatnot can be a trap in and of itself. Because if we're stuck in those lenses and in those, in that lore and those archetypes, then, then some people might not avail themselves to the opportunity of meeting an extra dimensional being whose race will feed off of that, which we're letting go of. So it, it, in, in, Many of the ways that I can view religion as a trap, and I'm not saying all of it is, I, can, I think that that, I mean, it's kind of the trap of celebrity here. It, it actually translates the same. Where in our culture, like, unless you're famous or rich, you haven't made it. It's like, unless your deities or your guides are like Kali or Manjushri or like, Jesus, or do you know what I'm saying? Then they don't exist. And the reality is like there are infinite beings waiting to help us. So I think that's another one of the issues that can come from like any ideological um, identifying or sort of um, like overcommitment to. Mm-hmm. And then I, the I other that. piece that I got, which I think is so, so key to this whole conversation when you were talking about toning in the bathtub is how important it is to give ourselves permission to do things that sound silly, look silly, feel silly, um, to be able to move past those judgments, to be able to connect with all that's waiting to connect with us. There's such a juicy mm-hmm. opening in that. There, it is so deliciously a portal for just for pattern. Really, I mean, the places that I've gone in my consciousness because of toning and making sounds that aren't performative or pretty or melodic. When I'm like, I don't even know where these sounds are coming from, but they're vehicles, and I get to ride them into different places because I'm not hung up on how others are perceiving me or how I sound or if it's on key or X, Y, Z. You know, j- just to bring it back to, um, to add to that and to bring it back to uh, putting my son to sleep in the, at night when he was really, really little, like in the first couple of months. And when I would hold him and, and uh, you know, kind of, rock him or bounce him or just kind of dance him to sleep I would incorporate Mm. toning and it was so interesting to interact with his being being so fresh on the planet and knowing that his guides because all the guides that we connect with uh, later in life often are there cheering you on when you're born like there's there's agreements that are that are there um, that are available some of them go deeper and through many lifetimes. And when I was connecting with this brand new being, this fresh human, um, the toning uh, that was, he was most responsive to was this very primordial, deep, almost like a 
like the sound of rocks moving or dragons mm -hmm. breathing. It was this deep and, and almost more like the sound of an asteroid moving through space in a vacuum. It was so, so altering for myself. Um, and like just really slow. It was a really epic experiment. And that was nice too, because I knew he wasn't yeah. judging me. Um, I appreciated that. It was a good play zone for me. And I also just had an, a, an easy feedback loop where I knew that if, if it was bothering him or if it wasn't resonant, he would let me know. Like he has an apparatus <laughs> called crying that, that yeah. lets me know. Uh, but I, I think also, uh, you know, children are a great vehicle for reminding us to be silly, to give ourselves permission to sing out of performative, you know, to not only sing in performative ways because, um, you know, for, unfortunately for a lot of people who sang as kids and who, who are loud in their, um, and expansive in their tonal range. Uh, and this we're told over and over through their lives not to do that. And it doesn't sound good and all of these things. And we, we have relegated that to this, like, you know, you don't, you don't do that. Or if you do, you, you can do it by yourself, but even then you're, you're, tr there's a triggering of that trauma. And, uh, yeah, I think, I know sound and the vibration of sound to be an epic mover of material and, uh, and also a good invoker of God. Yes, for sure. I'm curious, how do you use sound to invoke Guy? Well, I know you mentioned the toning as far as bringing forth joy. Is that something that you regularly, was it, did I say it too loud? Sorry. Okay, let a me try bit, again. Just a little bit. Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you for rolling with my learning curve. Enjoy. I appreciate it. Um, is is toning a, a tool that you use to regularly invoke guides? <laughs> yes. I yes. Toning toning is fun. I also think free flowing mm -hmm. is yeah. really good. Um, that's that's just a that is a great feedback loop for comfort. You know, it's because there, there are states, if I give myself permission, when I give myself permission to free flow and rhyme or not rhyme, but just have a rhythm to it, there, there just parts of my body open up, parts of my awareness open up. There's a confidence building in that as well. Uh, and something that I love about listening to people riff and free flow, um, rapping and being in ciphers, that it, there's an aliveness to that. And I know that when that aliveness is peaking, there is more energy there. Where there is more energy, there's more than just what, me, what mm -hmm. is meeting the eyes. Yeah, I feel that. And again, like this is coming back. What, what I'm getting from it as I'm, you know, still evolving myself is that permission. Because like there's that fear. I feel like freestyling or, or, you know, I feel it in improv class or whatnot of like, oh, people are looking at me. What's going to come out of my mouth? And then how liberating it is to get over that hump, let what wants to come through, come through and allow myself to be surprised and illuminated by what's coming out of my own mouth. That's, that's a, mm -hmm. that's delicious. Yeah. There, there's an invitation in that for all of our Many listeners. invitations and for our vast audience. So, 
so many uh, so many of these tools and and playful playful tips um, are are exaggerated and expanded by connection with guides. So wherever you are in your in your relationship sense uh, with with your guides, um, however frequent you connect. Uh, in, in the dream space too, which is, I think we're going to do an yes. episode on dreams. Yes. Maybe, maybe several. Because that's a great place to mine connection. Um, you know, there are, there are a lot of places to enter. I hope, I'm hoping that some of these things resonated um, and that you can take these tips and these invitations, these permission slips to, um, to practice and see, see what happens for you. Um, there's, there's really nothing to lose if you're being playful with it and, and really just being honest with, with where you are, um, not expecting some grand shift to happen, but just to do it in a playfulness as if, you know, in a, in a childlike spirit. Yeah. I think, I think that's really key. The childlike spirit, the playfulness, like not, not, not a lot of pressure, no pressure or expectation. And also, um, the willingness to listen and to be again, like we, I know we brought this up in the last show of being in the yin, you know, it's like, yes, we can ask our guides for prompts and we can do things to, you know, like toning or whatnot to tap in. And then it's about dropping into the yin and being receptive and seeing what comes back. Yes. Yes to that. See, you guys are, are already practicing the receptiveness by being in the, in the hearing of this podcast, in the listening to this podcast. So they're just tapping into that curiosity or the learning or, or knowing that there's a string of words, sounds, there's a string of something recognizable that is coming in a rhythm and just getting really present with that string. I think we're going to actually end up cutting out what I just said because there's a I, okay, I then let's boop. <laughs> <laughs> so, this has been a really good super flow um, and super fun and a nice reminder for me um, and, and an invitation to go even deeper into my connection with guides, especially in, in this timing yeah. right now, uh, especially in this timing right now. So let us, let us all say Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Ah, ho. Ah, ho. <laughs> um, thank you, DK, for this expansive Thank you, Justin. Super fun, as, as we do. As we do. Uh, thank you to our listeners for staying chimed in all the way to the last drop. May, this, uh, may your next uh, hours, minutes, moments, your next time frames be enlightening, expansive, and um, know that we in the conscious awesome are cheering you on. It's like having a set of, of cheerleaders, guides in, in the bleachers, just behind your shoulders or maybe just behind your heart, just saying, yes. God, yes, you're awesome. doing great. Keep going. Keep rocking. <laughs> you're doing great. That's, that's, how we, that's how we want you to uh, remember. Yep. That's what we're doing here. We're here to be your cheer leaders. You can do day. All day long.
Like, I mean, <laughs> sometimes it's so it's so I, I don't want to close it because it's. I just mean, such I a wanted to spot. throw in like an um, aho or a word, but I'm feeling like I'm getting repetitive with my ahos and my words. I'm, I want to get more creative with my with my affirming. <laughs> offerings well well that yeah. will evolve that will evolve well i'm sure we'll have some some snippets i mean some of the some of my favorite podcasts and the, my favorite shows that i listen to do have a regular sign off or um like i know quite frankly right before his intermission says don't go mm-hmm. anywhere and he says it in a specific way and there's a familiarity to it and i really like that so i, I think we'll we'll find our our little canned intro totally. outros. Uh, and, and in the meantime, uh, our, our audience can that, evolve with us. And they, waiting with bated breath for whatever it's going to be. And we, we don't know what's going to come out that of our mouths true. next. That's what keeps <laughs> this conversation fresh, clean, exciting, sparkly. creative, um, super <laughs> sparkly, super sparkly. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Conscious awesome thank frequency. you we love you uh, have a have a rocking day as my <laughs> dk friend likes to say thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of word up with danny katz Be sure to give it a like, to share it with your nearest and dearest, and remember to subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single episode of your very favorite podcast, Word Up with Danny Katz. We'll see you soon, tribe.